Anyway, all right. Bye, everybody. Good night. You just kissed him? No, I went... Like oh, that. okay. I thought you just kissed like the mic. Like, he uh, he kind of okay. bits a kissing. Definitely, definitely editing night. that out. I'm definitely editing that out, by the way. Hello, and welcome to Top Deck Hero Radio. I'm your host, Michael Harper. Uh, here with me tonight is uh, Brian Pasquale. Did hello there. Right? There we go. It's Brian Pasquale, but there yeah, hello. Go. He's uh, from Miami, Florida, as am I. A uh, friend of ours from Orlando, Florida, Hector De La Cruz. Hey, y'all. And Louis Acosta from the cold land up above Canada. How you doing, Louis? What up? Okay. Um, we are from Top Deck Hero, the website. Uh, that is topdeckhero.com. We've been planning this podcast out for some time now, and just now we're getting it going. Had a you know few technical technical difficulties here and there along the way, but uh, we finally got things worked out. Other um, site is about it's about magic players who have to work that nine to five job and can't afford to go to every GP in the country and every pro tour uh, qualifier in the country and you know trying to make it by building decks off of what we get on a nine to five job and um, trying to achieve that pro level coming from that kind of a background. Um, right now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go around the table to each person. They're going to introduce themselves, where they come from, how long they've been playing Magic, you know, that kind of thing. So you get an idea for their kind of play style, so forth and so on. Let's go ahead and start with uh, Brian. Uh, go ahead and tell us about yourself. Hi, guys. I'm, I'm Brian Pasco, and I, uh, I started playing Magic in the Philippines where this college dude taught me when I was about to, like, go to high school. He taught me how to play Magic, and he was kind of my mentor. And from then on, I just kept playing Magic, not professionally, not even casually. I just started out with tribal decks, like the Merfolk, and um, I wasn't really good at it. But when I got to to Miami, you know, I met a couple of people, and then they, they, they taught me how to play Magic, and I just kept practicing and practicing, and I just got better. I mean, I'm not on a professional level, but, you know. I, I can play Magic. <laughs> oh, uh, one thing I know about Brian is he's pretty good when it comes to uh, drafting. Uh, that's one of the things I see him pretty much one of his best strong suits. Well, Mike, because uh, ever since I played Magic in Miami, all I did was draft. Nobody wants to play standard where I play. So I have to look out for standard players. But because of that, I've been casually learning about drafting over and over again. So, like, Friday Night Magic for me is draft. And not only that, people play MTGO. I watch them play MTGO. I watch them draft. I sometimes coach. And, yeah, that's pretty much my, my forte in Magic draft. Alrighty. Now we'll move over to Hector. Go ahead and tell us a little about yourself, sir. Uh, I started playing Magic, I believe, in eighth grade when I uh, left the realm of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh had just got popular. And uh, or just started to get popular. I think like the first decks were starting to be released or whatever, and I was all excited about that. But then I moved to schools, and um, I see a group of people in a corner uh, by a tree, and they're huddling over cards. I'm foolishly thinking it's Yu-Gi-Oh, and here's these crazy-looking, awesome artwork card, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And eventually, uh, one of the guys with an elf deck taught me how to play, and I fell in love with it. I love those elves to this day. I thought regeneration was overpowered. <laughs> I was like, wait, you can do that? That's not fair. 
then as as I progressed, I went to um, to high school. And then around that time, I believe I, for a little while, I stopped playing Magic. I had a little pause because uh, I was in high school, so I needed to be cool, try to get chicks. Didn't really happen. <laughs> um, but anyway, then one of my friends uh, brought over. He's like, hey, you play uh, Magic? Or not, hey, you play Magic. He was playing Magic, and I, and I saw him. And I'm like, hey, you play Magic? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was uh, during the most broken set, Mirrodin. Uh, and then I started picking up Mirrodin, uh, not Besiege, not the new one, the old Mirrodin, classic Mirrodin. Uh, and I started playing there, I picked it back up again there, and I played pretty much all the way till my senior year. My senior year ended up with, uh, Time Spire, no, not Time Spire, um, Ravnica, which was an amazing set, my other favorite set. Um, and, and, and then again, after Ravnica, there was another break in me playing Magic, because this was me going into college. I see school transitions and me stopping playing Magic. But yeah, and then after that, I met a group of friends that, that played Magic, and then we just casually started playing Magic. We brought out a bunch of old cards. I met Mike, our host. And then he's like, I play Magic, and he had a bunch of old cards and told us a crazy story about a Black Lotus that he threw in the dumpster. Uh, <laughs> I'll bring that story up a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, let's kill him. Um, But anyway... And then we just started playing again, and then and then we, we had our stop. We went all the way up to Lorwyn, I believe it was, the beginning of Lorwyn. And then and then, and then we just got this interest and started playing D and D more nerd stuff. And then eventually, one of our friends called uh, Ruben came back, and he he got interested. We just mentioned the game, and he said, and then even Mike said, you know you know we're gonna get addicted to this shit again, right? <laughs> And we're like, I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. So we taught him how to play, and, and then he, he actually started to show a really, really strong interest in the game, which further fueled our interest, and, and he started showing a more competitive aspect to it. And then we started to get into a more competitive aspect, and then here we are today. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll get more into that when we come to my story, because <laughs> me and Hector's story is kind of crisscross a little bit. But uh, for now, let's uh, move on to Lewis. Uh, Lewis is... Uh, you know, he's our friend from Canada, but he just recently moved to Canada. He used to live down here with us. Um, I, I know Lewis as our MTGO guy, but let's go ahead and give the floor to him. Okay, so I actually started playing back. Uh, my first set that I ever bought was Apocalypse. And I remember, like, it, Onslaught was just coming out when I decided to enter the Junior Super Series. Like, that's when I started playing that the Junior Super Series was actually a thing. And that's when I first found out that there's rules for tournaments because I show up with a hundred card, a hundred forty card deck, and people go like, "You can't play with with like eighty of these cards." I'm like, "Well, I guess I still have a sixty card deck," and I ended up playing like a forty land monstrosity, and that was a a, a failure, obviously. And so, like after that, it was really hard for me to keep playing. Um, I played a little casually until, like, the end of Meriden, and then I had switched, like, gone into high school, and I just couldn't find anyone to play with. Um, at the end of high school, I actually, like, found out some of my friends played, and we were, like, hanging out and stuff in their apartment, and we decided, hey, why don't we become a little competitive? We had found out about, turn like, the big tournaments and stuff, and uh, uh, nationals was coming, uh, national qualifiers were coming up. So we're like, we're like, yeah, we don't even need a sideboard because we can build these awesome decks. Like, what do people like? We'll just pick the best sixty cards. Uh, we failed pretty miserably. 
So, like, it's to be expected. And from then on, like, we're, like, I, two of, two of the three of us, we got a really big drive to, to be better and not just play the fun aspect, but, you know, like, be competitive. Uh, the hardest thing was the price of cards. So, you know, like, we're trying to play and save money and stuff, which eventually led me to Magic Online. Uh, but it was like after a year of playing and I got myself to a point where I could win and in in paper magic, I was at least top 80, like a big, uh, game days, uh, you know, Friday and magics, uh, whatever big event pre-releases I would top eight. And I was like, okay, you know, I can take my skills onto magic online and I was able to basically go infinite. I've, I've spent a bit of money. But for the most part, I don't spend any cash to keep playing Magic. Since Magic Online, you can sell the boosters for for ticks, and then you use the ticks to enter events, win packs, sell the packs, and you just, from there, that's what going infinite is on Magic Online. And now I've had to kind of split between Paper Magic and MTGO, and I'm helping out a store now that I'm in Canada. This is like a really small town up near Alaska. And I'm helping that out. I've won a draft there, so I have some store credit. So I can possibly go infinite in real life, too. And I like I actually have a pretty decent collection on Moto that I'm, I'm pretty proud of. I could get just about a place out of any card or build any deck I want if, if given enough time. All right, so that's that's my story. I'm trying to just stay going infinite for a while. Okay, now I guess that leaves uh, just me, huh? Well, if you ever check out our website, topdeckhero.com, um, I actually have an article on there that explains where I came from magic, so I don't want to, like, bore everybody to death by telling that story over and over again. But, you know, I did play in college. I started back in third edition, I think it was, uh, and at the time that we started playing. But the only reason we got to start playing is a friend of mine in my dormitory had these cards, and we were like, what are these? Show us, teach us, let us learn. We're bored. So, uh, yeah, we picked it up, started playing it. Had no idea these cards had value whatsoever. Like I said, at one point I was trying to sell some cards, and nobody would buy my cards, and no, no shop would buy my cards. And I was like, damn it, these are worthless. These are garbage, and I tossed them in a dumpster. Later on we found out that uh, it wasn't so much that the stores weren't buying the cards because they were worthless, but they were too expensive, apparently. I, I had no idea that they were worth the kind of money they were, but, like, I had mock sapphires in the box. I had a black lotus in the box. And, yeah, they all ended up in a dumpster. Yay me. <laughs> but, anyway, I, I ended up not playing for a very long time until I met Hector. And um, he got me back into the game, and it's kind of just grown on us more and more ever since. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much the story about us. Next thing I want to mention is right now the reason we're even having a podcast is because we finally got a sponsor for our site. Uh, that's Newbie Games, and uh, their website is newbiegames.com. And if you don't know how to spell newbie because people spell things weird, it's www.noobiegames.com. Um He's hooked us up pretty good, made sure we got the equipment we needed to go ahead and start podcasting. And so a big shout-out to Eddie over in Newbie Games. Uh, he's currently uh, redoing his website to be able to actually sell and buy Magic cards online. So uh, look forward to his site you know, being 
different than it is now if you go look at it now. It's He's got it right now. His guy's working on it, trying to make it more magic because he does everything here at the shop. Uh, sells uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, Warhammer, Magic the Gathering. He's got a computer set up for LAN parties. You know, if you're ever in Miami, Miami Beach, look up Newbie Games. Come over, check it out. A lot of stuff to do here. Um, moving on from that, uh, want to talk about something that popped up in Magic News today, as a matter of fact, um, about the Grand Prix schedule. Um, Lewis, I believe you wanted to talk about that right quick, correct? Well, yeah, like, apparently people weren't aware of that. Um, like, Wizards has been kind of like, you know, like, most of the pros are the ones that notice the, like, the cutting of a pro tour and things like that, but Wizards cut a, a GP this year. And they're not replacing it at all. Their uh, registration for Grand Prix uh, Paris, you can't register the day that it starts. Like, you can't register Saturday. So you have to go an extra day early, at least, to register. Then there's two GPs that are being held on the same weekend. Like, that means, really, it's, it's not an issue for a lot of people. But for pros who make most of their income off GPs or, you know, pro tours and all that they have to choose between two events that they could attend. And that, like, it, it affects player of the year races because, you know, less events, less points a person can earn. Um, yeah, I think on, that's... On that note for uh, affecting player of the year, now you can have effectively two two players who otherwise would not both get first place, assuming that that would happen get first place so that we get the same amount of pointage or pointage, whatever. Well, that, that happened. There was a tie with Brad Nelson and... No, 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 no. I uh, mean, like, like if, if uh, there's a GP, GP1, GP2, two different pros can go to two different GPs since they're happening on the same weekend and both score the same ranking in points versus if there was just one GP, they would, by process of elimination, eliminate each other out. Yeah. So, like, it takes a lot of points out of the out of the race, and you know, like, it, it could be like you if you want to avoid certain pros, you know, to because the, there's just a chance that, a bigger chance that you lose to those. You could just go to the other event and you know play less amount of people that play professionally. Yeah. So, but I I don't like the fact that Wizard is is cutting GP. The, the, the okay. amount of GPs they have. Now, now about that, Hector's bringing up a good point. That it's something that I, it's the whole idea behind this website in our podcast is the idea of, you know, there used to be a, the idea in Magic that the common player, the guy who works a 9-to-5 job or the guy who's just in high school or in college, that there was always a chance that you play at these local events, you know, your, your rating goes up, maybe you win a PTQ, and then you can move on to this. And everybody has that opportunity to become a pro player. And, like, the more and more nowadays I see that as, like, no, not really. It, it's not really that way. And the more and more events that they cut, and, like, I've noticed a lot of changes more recently with, like, Friday Night Magics are only, you know, like, you can't have an event coordinator that does it anywhere except in a shop on a Friday night. And I, I know around the world, like, I, I, I talk to people on Twitter and stuff back and forth that, you know, in other countries like England, for example, in, in London – they don't have that many shops, and it's very hard for them to organize on a Friday night to play Magic. This is all, like, lessening the chances that people can actually move their way up the ladder and be something in Magic one day. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think at, 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 
a better choice would be instead of cutting to actually create more. Maybe maybe take FNM. And uh, like this is an idea that I've been like thinking about. I'm like, I wonder why Wizards hasn't done it. And take M M and M, F and M, take F and M and and kind of make like a super F and M every month or something like that, where it gives you some kind of pointage, maybe to uh, get a ticket to a GP. So lo- local stores individually can have like their local store champion be representative of the store at a GP. Make GP more 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 known, more, more, more wanted, not just, oh, I have to, with all my expenses, do this and get there myself and all this other stuff. By this, it, it broadens the amount of, one, it broadens the amount of people that you're going to have at a GP by, by, by maybe doing this. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think cutting is wrong. I think they should actually create more events, and by creating more events, I mean, there, there, there is a, a limit and a do check you, and balance. Do you think you that, to, do you, I'm sorry, do you, do you think that maybe that the reason... Uh, they're cutting down a little bit. Is like, you know, we've seen like a big rise in the last year, or two years of like Star City Games with the 5Ks and uh, TCG Player with their 5Ks and 10K, whatever. All these, you know, Ks that they got going up here and there. Like different websites are hosting sanctioned, uh, like large sanctioned events. Do you think they're cutting down more on the DCI stuff? You know, like the Grand Prix, Pro Tours, qualifiers, all that, because actual like different online stores are hosting their own series that, maybe that, that that might be a um, a cause i actually think it's more because of uh magic the gathering online because technically if if you go online in a business perspective that's pure profit so why not cut something that 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 has a cost versus just creating something that's pure profit, and it, it, it makes sense to, to do such a thing. But I mean, the the, the fun thing that most uh, casual players and players who are trying to make that leap to competitive find is that that one-on-one interaction. Like uh, online poker, uh, you can't read a poker player online. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's it just just doesn't work that way. Like. I, I, I don't I, I think online maybe even it, it might be a little bit more competitive because it gives you more time to think you can think out loud you can talk to yourself on, on, on what move you should make and then sometimes catch your own errors I, I've done that when I'm on Magic the Gathering online I would go like wait is this the right move and then I, I re- reassess and I, I'm talking out loud I couldn't do that in person which in person it takes a little bit more skills because you have to have a poker face otherwise your opponent's going to read what you're going to do that's true but <clears throat> With regards to the online poker thing, I mean, Hector, most of the poker players that play online, they know, they know what the pe- person's gonna do just based on reading. The people read cards. They not, they not also read people. They can also read cards. And uh, and also with regards to what Hector's saying about putting up a big F and M, I I don't think they. I mean, that's good and all, but that's probably redundant because if you really want to go up in the ladder, you will go to every tournament necessary. If you can afford it. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, uh, uh, there's a lot of okay. I mean, unless you're living in a place where there's not a lot like of me. sanctioned tournaments, then yeah, we got a problem. But, but if you're if you're in a big if you're in a big country like California, I mean, you can go around California looking for tournaments. Yeah, a big country like California, a big country. Sorry, I was distracted. Anyway, yeah, but it's not that hard. I mean, if you there's 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 effort to be spent. Like, if you really want to go pro and you're living in Rhode Island or something, 
you and you want to try hard, you have to go to other big tournaments. And and like Hector said, if you really wanna if you really wanna learn how to play Magic uh, professionally, you gotta go to where the pros are. So yeah, like uh, Brad Nelson, he's from North Dakota, so like he had to he has to travel. Like it it was actually Magic Online that got him to like where he was. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, it, you know that's the thing. Like uh, actually, I remember reading an article not too long. Well. Actually, probably about six months ago, maybe, where... Uh, Not too Sa- long ago, six months ago. I, okay, okay, but yeah. But on ChannelFireball.com, where uh, Saito was, you know, talking about, like, he had done an article series about how to improve in magic, you know, and how being in a big city helps it a lot. Well, like, even in, you know, over there in Japan, maybe just being in a big city helps. Uh, around here, maybe it does, because, yeah, New York's a big city, and that helps and whatever. We live in Miami, it's a big city. It doesn't help here. Like, hardly nobody plays magic in this town. Now, Hector, on the other hand, lives in Orlando. It's a smaller city, technically, but he has a crap ton more people that play magic up there. And and I have Mickey. But he does make a good point. It, it, if you do live it's, in an it's area... It's very magical land. Yeah, Obviously, right. Orlando <laughs> is going to be more magic-central. It's, well, it's, it's magical. It, the idea of just living in a place where you have more people to play against, more good players to play against, that is definitely going to help you. Yeah, like, exactly. Because, I mean, Hector, in Hector's case, he really doesn't... I mean, Hector goes to, like, a couple of stores, but he also tries to go to, like, real big tournaments because he lives there. Now, for us to go to big tournaments, Mike and Mike and I, one time Mike, Lewis, and I had to go to Orlando to get to a big tournament. Yeah. That's when, that's when Lewis was living around our area. Now, like, I don't know how he got, how he's going to get a big tournament over there now. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> I had to go to by Vancouver like... eight hours. Like, I doubled my trip. Like, I had to go to Vancouver for, for most big tournaments. Or I can drive into essentially the Alaska of Canada. Well, that's, the, that's. The... I think for I think for people um, in situations like that, uh, case in point, Lewis, I think they have to go MTGO for now because it's the best solution instead of wasting more money. I mean, MTGO is right there in your fingertips, just right there where you're sitting down, and you don't have to travel. You just have to the, work. The, yeah. The crazy thing, though, is, like, so, uh, going back to a little bit about, like, how they're making money and stuff. Like, they're cutting back a GP, but MTGO has PTQs that hit 512 players, that's more than pretty much any other, like, any PTQ you'll find. Like, it's double a lot of them, and sometimes four to five times as big as others. And it's, like, pure profit, because they never, at any point, increase. Like, you can't make top eight with a single loss in in a lot of them. And... It's just it's really hard to to do that, and then the payout is very bad. So unless like you have like essentially you lose you lose once you that's it you drop. It's not even O two drop anymore, and it, like it would be nice if they at least gave like a second slot or something. It's actually something that's very uh, heated in the RTGO community, or a limit maybe perhaps a limit like only two hundred people per room like create no, rooms. That's- like no, like that's the thing. It's five hundred twelve people is the cap, and it fills up every time. But they don't they, like they they don't increase anything. Like five hundred twelve people is a lot. That's like that's like some nationals really for the most part. That's a pro no, tour. No, that's bigger than a pro tour. Not even nationals, Lewis. The nationals were barely barely hit five hundred twelve. Yeah, but, exactly. Like no, I know what you're saying. 
And not, not even the world worlds. Worlds is what three hundred or something. Yeah, but that's selection though. That's that's selection yeah. from the best. Those, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty crazy. Do we have uh, anything else anybody wants to say on this topic currently? No, uh, I think that was it. That's all the news. Magic well, is crazy. Pretty much, just want to throw it out there. This is kind of what what our whole website's about. Like, you know, we're we're here like trying to make it to some of these events, trying to get there short on money. We're seeing how hard it really is. And it might only get harder passing in the, the future. Knowledge. But um, also pass, like... Passing on knowledge. Yeah, it's like we, we, we go to like whatever Friday Night Magic we can make it to. We go to whatever event we can make it to. It. And for some of those people that can't even make it to those that want to see what is actually competitive and being played and how we learn from the mistakes that we think, oh, well, we got this deck and we're going to go and we're going to kick butt and... You know, we, we learn really quick. Okay, we're mistaken when we get to the actual real event. You know, come to our website, see what errors we made. You know, this is what our articles are being posted about, what we're talking about. We have a lot of good content on there for you guys to see about that kind of stuff. Come check it out. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we're going to be going over some of the uh, Mirrodin Besiege spoilers that are, you know, been spoiled. We're currently at 16 of a... Uh, 16 of 155. I just saw a tweet a little bit ago where um, Patrick Chapin saying we're at 19 of 155, but for right now I see 16. Uh, it's, it's 19. Well, well, we'll get back to that right after this short break. All right, everybody. This is back to Top Deck Hero Radio. Um, now we're back from the break. We're going to go into Mirrodin Besiege spoilers. Spoiler season, you know, just started basically a week or so ago with, like, you know, spoilers starting to come in. Um... Right now, we're looking at GatheringMagic.com. Uh, I think it's one of the better spoiler pages out there because, you know, he tries to keep it very professional and, you know, actual card pictures and so forth and so on. Um, right now, it says the top 16 out of 155, but um, counting them up, there's actually 19 on the page. I guess he just hasn't updated the top part yet. But um, let's go ahead and uh, the top one on the page, everybody, it's uh, Malera's Keepers. Did I say that right? Oh, don't don't ask me to say Malira's. it. No. Yeah. Okay, guys, I'm I'm the one who said Malira's keepers. Okay, but uh, it looks like it's a common. Uncommon. It's uh, I'm sorry. Yes, it's an uncommon. It's a five mana cost green. It's four and uh, four uncolorless, one green, and it's a four four. It's Malira's keepers can't have counters placed on it. That that'll be good for uh, draft Again. because in fact, it just says no to in fact. It's yeah, a good but, but that. I, I think it's more like, more more of a sideboard. I mean, it's a good beater regardless. I guess. It's a yeah, it's a, it's a like that's, as far as the, the set. Yeah, as far as the set's concerned, like four fours are. It seems to be yeah, like that's true. three. Like a three three is pretty strong. But now that they're adding a couple more three power guys, a four, also a four four that says no to infect. Yeah, yeah. that that that's, that's, block your shit all day. That's a genuine beat stick. Yeah. No, no, that's a block. Hey, it's, if they have two to three guys on the field, you want to block. You don't want to beat with it. Cause they have block. shields. They have shields. I don't know why the card just doesn't say defend against infect. I like. I don't understand why there's a difference. Yeah, defend yeah, against right? infect. Okay, now um, we'll go on to Phyrexian Rager. If I'm uh, correct, Phyrexian Nerd Rager. What? Nerd if Rager. I'm correct, that is a reprint from the Ap- 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 Apocalypse or Nemesis set. Phyrexian okay, Rager well. is from two colorless black, two two. When Phyrexian Rager enters the battlefield, you draw a card and you lose one life. It's and it's just, common. 
And it's common, so in draft it would be a really good card. No, that, yeah, that's a I, I think card this card is that's sick card, for draft. It's card advantage and, and black life and a two two and black. Come on. <laughs> that's yeah. legit right there. Paying one life to draw a card off a creature off a two two is pretty good. Like and it, it was soccer, a powerful card back when it was first printed. It, it, it's like a two two body with half a sign and blood. It's awesome. No, like just a, a card draw in black, powerful. Yeah, Simple as that. Legit, and then the flyer. Because yeah. you you use it. It was printed back in Apocalypse. It was Apocalypse. Ah, okay. That's so it's a reprint. Okay, cool. Um, Hector, you want to go on with the next one? The the white card there. Another reprint. Dawn and Sky Hunter. Oh, yeah. I, I'm Yo. happy about this one. Yeah, yeah. Two 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 white, two two flyer, cat knight. Keyword night. Everybody. No, no, no. Night key, dance. key. This is a bear that flies. I mean, it's a, it's a, I know it's a flying bear, but that's awesome. Bear? You mean a cat, right? Cat, well, no. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, a two, two, it's a man two bear is a bear. Oh, the the. Oh, okay, okay. My bad. Yeah, but this thing is awesome. I mean, okay, you get a two, two for two. Uh, two, two for two is normally yeah, that's good. You know, common and it flies. I mean, really. Yeah, that with Kemba Skyguard, a Glint Hawk. Like, you just go Glint Hawk, Sky Hunter, Sky Guard. Hey, I have three flyers in here. What are you going to do? Yeah, that that for draft is definitely Sky Dominating. It's a, it's a perfect two drop. White's getting a lot of flyers lately. Like, I'm not going to say I'm going to see this in standard and all that for sure, but, like, for draft, I think that's another awesome draft card. No, yeah, it that's definitely – it's a good pick. It's a, and the fact that it's uh, common is amazing, too. Especially with Battle Cry in white, I think it, it, there's definitely going to be a huge uh, aggressive option. Which brings us to a quarter paladin. Yeah. He's he's a a white one, human knight, and he's a three one with the Battle Cry ability. Whenever this creature attacks, each other attacking creature gets plus one plus zero until end of turn. So he doesn't get that bonus, but he's still a three one for two, which is pretty aggressive. Um, I mean, people are playing Volshock Replica just for the sake of having a 3-1, and he costs 3. But, like, the fact that it also boosts the rest of your creatures and in white, so, like, you could just follow him up with, like, you just follow something up with him, and then you just start attacking in the air. That seems pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. He is uncommon, so I don't think he'll warp limited. Yeah, but what is common is uh, the Flare Husk. I guess how you pronounce it. Oh, with the yep. new keyword? Yeah. Oh, new keyword. Another new keyword. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, go ahead. Flare Husk. It's an artifact-equipment common. One mana cost. Living weapon. When this equipment enters the battlefield, put a zero zero black germ creature token onto the battlefield. Then attach this to it. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one. This is awesome. It, it's equip cost is two, so... You know, you can equip it after, like, let's say the germ token dies. You can still hook it up to something else. But uh, a plus one, plus one for one equipment that will immediately be attached to something right away when it hits the field. I think that's pretty good, right? Yeah. You know, something that it actually kind of makes me think of is um, modular in a way. That, you know, a zero, zero creature comes in with some kind, some form of a number bonus. I mean, there might be other ones that give, like, first strike instead. 
but then you can pass that bonus onto another creature after it dies. By, or... by the equip cost, yeah, it's kind of maybe like a like a fixed modular kind of, right? Yeah, like I like metalcraft is like a fixed affinity in a way. But so I... but the, the the one bonus that um that that provides, like like for example, in 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 draft one, it's a common, and 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 two, you can count it as a creature body versus a spell. Because technically it comes into play and, and it's a creature. If they kill it, well, if it was a regular creature, the creature would be dead anyway. But the bu- benefit is if they kill it, you still have you still gain benefit from it because now you have a two two. I mean, a plus one plus one equipment on the battlefield for whatever other threat you drop um, following it up. And if you're going the aggressive route, I mean, you go flayed husk, a core paladin, skyguard, or or skyguard a core paladin. I like that's just gonna start hurting. Or even tumble magnet at that point, and then like. They can't really block, and that that's that, there's definitely. Uh, I'm sure the aggressive white deck is gonna is gonna show up. It, it's really interesting now because you guys know about the the reverse drafting order, right? No, actually. Okay, because now the newest set to be yeah, released is gonna be the first packs you open. So it's gonna be one pack of Besiege, then the two Scars of Mirrodin packs, and then when the third set comes out, it's gonna be that. A pack of that, a pack of Besiege, a pack of, of Scars. That's nice. So, yeah, so you're picking up these cards before you go back to Scars. That could be a little bit dangerous because, I mean, you only get one pack of this. So really going a well, Battlecry option, you're maybe at most going to get two Battlecry creatures or, or two living weapon creatures. At, uh, well, actually, maybe, maybe not. depends how they pass and all that stuff. Well, because you also got to think, if, what if it had been the other way? You still would have only seen one Besieged pack. But at least now you know how much battle uh, battle cry you get, so you know how many like one ones or flyers you want to take. You know, like how like if you got the really good infect guys from besieged, then you want to take more infect guys when you go back to scars, as opposed to oh now I didn't take any infect in scars and I could have gotten these really good besieged infect guys and regret it. And it's something. It, it's just an interesting new thing. And then they change draft orders. It's only. Uh, it only applies to scars forward. It doesn't like. It, if you went back and drafted Zendikar block, you would still go Zendikar World Week. But it's something to to remember now that starting with besieged. Right. Now, um, okay. Our next card we're gonna go over is when I first saw it. I looked at it and I was like, "Whoa, really?" But it makes sense. That's what I love that they're doing with the flavor of this entire set. Priest of Norn. It's a white creature cleric. It's two and a white. Vigilance, one four. It's Infect. I I love seeing a white creature with Infect on it all of a sudden. And it's got Vigilance. So it can block and it can deal the one damage if it wants. You know, what do you guys think of this one? Uh, It's Everest. It's not really something good. I mean, for it, it, it would have been good if it was like two, three, flavor wise. Flavor, flavor wise, it, it's actually pretty awesome because it's it's showing that the Phyrexian um, power or, or strength is growing, even to a, a color that one would think is uncorruptible. Because uh, white does stand for uh, for pure honor and all that uh, that jazz. But that, but it, it's yeah. It, go continue. Yeah, it's 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 showing that 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 the frictions are getting to to places because it is a plane that otherwise you would think would not be affected. 
Like, uh, as far as, like, flavor-wise, I, I find it funny that it's a cleric and it has no, like, type. You know, taxonomy with Phyrexians is apparently very annoying. No, You can't guess what they are. But, uh, it's actually, like, as far as actually in limited, it's, it's pretty good because it stops Blight Mamba in white, so that which was actually kind of a problem before, that you would have to play just one force just to, to kill a Blight, like, to hold a Blight Mamba back, or um, even just a Black Thief Goblins. And so it's it's pretty strong, especially at common, so there's actually a consideration that maybe you're something like a Black-White Infect deck, and you can, it's, um, I believe they, ha- they already have the Orb of Insight for Besieged, so oh, there's a, a chance you can look for white cards within FET and see how, I don't know exactly how to use the Orb of Insight, but it might be worth checking out. Okay. Just for, for white infect. I've um, used the uh, Orb of Insight. You basically type, type like a, a word, like a uh, goblin, artifact, equipment, um, knight. Like that, I used it back in, um, Zendikar, so I like I, I I'm familiar with a bit of it, but I haven't used it for besieged. Apparently, they split it up. There's two orb of insights. There's one for for Mirren sides and one for Phyrexian sides. But you have to go to the one that looks Mirren to find out about Phyrexians and the Phyrexian looking one for the Mirrens, which I guess is like enemy, you know, uh, spying or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Don't want to spend too much more time on that one. I just thought it looked. You know, cool and had nice flavor to it. Seeing the actual good side of Mirren and you know being infected. Let's uh, it probably won't see it played in standard ever. But let's go ahead and move on to another card that we'll probably never see standard. Um, anybody want to talk about Razor Field Rhino? It's a bigger Chrome Steed. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a cool Rhino. That's a, so it just it upgraded. It upgraded. It went, I'm, I'm, like I don't want people riding me anymore. I'm getting a horn. <laughs> that's essentially what happened it's just it's a 4-4 four, four for 6 so it they they gave it plus 2 plus 2 for 2 more costs mm-hmm. and then Metalcraft plus 2 plus 2 so it's it's nothing fancy I, mean, I don't even see play in limited I, I, see the thing is like you know since we have that new rule where you know we're going to be opening the <laughs> Mirror to Besiege pack first when you pick this you've got to like be like okay I'm going to have to go Metalcraft if I pick this card you know yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking when I picked this one. This would be like a last pick unless I knew I was in Metalcraft, and it's hard to do that in the first pack. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, but technically it's a bomb. Yeah, if you have the Metalcraft. It's not a decent bomb at all. At all. It, it's a conditional bomb, so yeah. I don't know about that. But now, to, now the like Septic Rats, now that's interesting. There we go. That R- Rat lovers, beware. No, it's, yeah, that's a badass infect rat. Like, yeah. w- whenever Septic Rat attacks, if defending player is poisoned, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. So he's basically 3-3 three, three after the first swing. Or even if even if your opponent just has one infect, even if you didn't swing it. You know, that's like, if, if you get the, uh, what was the other one? Um, Icar Claw Rats. Icar Claw. The Icar Rats, Icar Rats, yeah. You drop an Icar Rats, boom, they're poisoned. This guy's a 3-3. Three, three. Only attacking, though. Only attacking. But yeah. still, that's pretty powerful. Which, that's that's so, really so, good. So, so you guys know real quick, Septic Rats is one and two black, uh, uncommon, two-two, and it's in effect. And what they are saying about it is whenever Septic Rats attacks, if the Finning player is poisoned, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. 
something to to kind of notice because like I mentioned I mentioned it a little earlier that like looking at the three power and stuff and the four four that they have. I I really think that this is ex- sort of what happened with uh, World Wake to Zendikar, where Zendikar was like a two power format, and then it went to like three power. That I think the same thing is happening here, where four is probably going to be the magical toughness slash power, in once Besiege comes out, so, like or Flyers pretty much because like I'm noticing a lot of two twos and three threes here, so I I think that's something we should check out when the set starts being released more. Okay. Um, next card up is uh, Spread the Sickness. It's four and a black. Sorcery. I wish it was instant, but no, it's a sorcery. Common. Destroy a target creature, then proliferate. Anybody excited for this except me? I think it's I'm... hard kill. It's, it's the only... <laughs> technically, it's the only it hard kill in standard. It's the only one that says straight it's up destroy target. Yeah, it's a, um, it won't see standard play, but it's the only card that specifically says destroy target creature with no precondition. You know what? You know what I like about that card. Magic sometimes comes up with the bad, big, um, awesome, most awesome flavor text, and this yeah. one's really awesome. Go ahead and tell us what it says. <laughs> it says life is ephemeral, but Phyrexia is eternal. Like that. That's awesome. <laughs> that's that's really funny like to that. me. I mean, like, it really that's, portrays that, yo, Fire is really awesome. <laughs> anyway. Okay, okay now, now I have a question for you guys. Um, down to this point, we've got, like, Pierce Strider, Peace Strider, Phyrexian Crusader, Marion Crusader. Do we want to talk about these? Because they've been spoiled for, like, a little while now. Nah, pretty much the Phyrexian Crusader and Marion Crusader, they're just like Black Knight, White Knight, except one of them's way better than the other. <laughs> because First Strike, Pro Red and White, Infect. Yeah, Phyrexian Crusader is really strong. I mean, Marin Crusader block, well, they can't really block each other all day, but they're essentially the same thing when they deal damage to players, but they're like, the, the one thing to note is that Crusader can't kill anything with four toughness in like, in combat, like a 4-4. Four, four. He can kill a 3-3, three, three, fine. Crusader can kill a 4-4, four, four, like trade with a 4-4, four, four, but he can't kill three threes without dying himself. It's just That's a weird true. little thing. And then Glissa, we all know Glissa's just super powerful. If in, in First Strike, Death Touch. Like, that that alone is just ridiculous. I mean, her ability's good. Her second ability's good and all, but First Strike, Death Touch. She's that a 3-3. Three, three. But it Mystic... That's what you call the Titan Killer. She's pretty <laughs> cool, I can't lie. But, like, does anybody else have the feeling that this is a Mythic that they pretty much designed for EDH? Anyone? Possibly. Yeah. Well, I think that she's going to... Well, eh, yeah, sure. EDH decks got tons of artifacts in them, and the, you know, she's got the two colors. You, know, you can make a nice EDH deck out of her. I haven't got the chance to play EDH, because like I said, in Miami, we have like nobody playing Magic, and I'm dying to play <laughs> EDH, but you know, I'm working on it. But no, wait, 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 wait. Well, Mike's, what, listen, what Mike's trying to say is that he doesn't know anyone who plays EDH. I know a lot of people who plays EDH. I just prefer not to play EDH. I don't know anybody in Miami that plays EDH. I know, like, ten people who plays EDH, Mike. Then we should be playing EDH. But anyway, aside from that, whatever. Let's move on to, like, one of my favorite cards that I've seen spoiled not, so far. It's not EDH, it's Commander. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I love this one. Germ token. I love that picture. 
But anyway, OCD, OCD people beware. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Hector, Thopter Assembly, go. Oh, I don't like Thopter Assembly, but whatever. Uh, it's a six-colorless artifact creature Thopter flying. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control no Thopters other than Thopter Assembly, return Thopter Assembly to its owner's hand and put five one-one colorless Thopter artifact creatures tokens with flying onto the battlefield, and it's a five-five. Rare. Side note. Kind of like note. a... Go ahead, side note. Extended Time Sieve Infinite Combo. Right there. Mm-hmm. You get your five artifacts to sacrifice. You play it again next turn that you're going to get automatically, and you just keep going. Wait. How, how is that? No. Okay, Time Sieve is you tap, sacrifice five artifacts, take another turn. So after the first time that it makes the tokens, you have five tokens... Yeah, and it's just gonna loop over. Oh, and then you play it. Okay, okay, I understand. I understand because it bounces to your hand. I get it. I was like, but there's six creatures on the battlefield. But doesn't it kind of feel like a uh, comboy, casual magic kind of card? Oh, of course, but it's a time Steve combo. It's like win. Yeah, that's something to keep track of. Yeah, Yeah. that 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 is that is very true. All right, Hector. Now I want you to also go ahead and say this next one because uh, I know when you first saw it, you went crazy for it. Yeah, because, that, of the, because of the keyword, which we already know. Uh, signal pest, one colorless, zero one, battle cry, which we've already gone over. Signal pest can't be blocked except by creatures with flying or reach, and we don't know what rarity it is. I, I, from the ability and the power, I'm gonna say it's an uncommon because it has evasion, which is pretty powerful and it pumps other the, the, the reason it has evasions is so it can't be blocked and killed so it can continuously battle cry your other creatures but I the mean, fact that it, when they previewed it in uh in uh, uh the first they, they previewed it without the card it just said signal pest slash you so i'm assuming it's uncommon too even though like the symbol here looks like a, a gold symbol so. but that's a symbol yeah, of promo it's, it's, yes. yeah it's a yeah. promo symbol but but no, no, like, like this is this is a one drop battle cry. This is this is essentially a a turn one, in in a in a way a, a turn one bushwhack. Like like the, the the ability battle cry in itself might bring to standard the aggressive deck that it needs to balance the two beasts of decks that are fighting against each other, which is a titan deck or a jace deck. It's actually I think in in scars and mirrored and block. Uh, there's already a, a smidge of a white weenie deck with like tempered steel and stuff. I think this is what's going to make that deck really, really powerful. Like, you, can you imagine him with a tempered steel and then you know giving the rest of your like Clint Hawk Iron stuff? <laughs> yeah, I think it, well, no, Ornithopter isn't in Scars of Mirren or Besiege, man. Um, yeah, I'm talking that's... about block. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought you were talking about extended for some reason. Um, so. Who's going to take the next one? Um, well, I want to do the last one, so somebody else take this one. Uh, you guys I'll take it. I'll... Okay, take it. Okay. Master's Call. White 2. It's an instant. Put two one one colorless mirrored artifact creature tokens onto the battlefield. So, sort of like join the ranks, but cheaper and with less things that require mirror to enter the battlefield. Pretty sure it's just like a combat trick. Well, we do have a lord. I think they were trying to help out the uh, in the limited format. Yeah, the whole tribal thing for the limited format. It might help. So this actually makes it so, like, if you get this, then getting things like Galvanizer are are 
a, like a bigger priority. Yeah. Yeah, like, are, have they previewed any other mirror? I don't think they've. They no, the last one. The last, the last, the last one. one. Which is what I want to talk about. Plague mirror. Artifact creature mirror costs two. Uh, it's infect one one creature. Tap add one to your mana pool. I love it just because it's a easy mana producer, but it's an, another infect mirror. And I my favorite card from the last set was the infect mirror, Ikerclaw mirror. And just the more mirror they stick infect on, the happier I'm going to be. So that that also <laughs> brings another thing. If they bring enough artifacts with infect, the uh, infect tempered steel sounds dangerous. That's actually another reason to go white. That's actually, that's very interesting, actually. Actually, yeah. Yeah, but tempered steel is rare, and you would have to pull it, and that's dangerous. <laughs> well, no, I think Lewis is actually thinking all of a sudden about a standard deck. No, no, no. I'm thinking in, in like in limited. Like if you're going to be picking, uh, infect, you're going to get a lot of artifacts. But now that you can also go into white with artifacts, then you don't have to worry about getting past the tempered steel and not being able to play it. So you could play like that that one four vigilance infect guy, and not and you play like black. White infect and pick up a bunch of artifact guys and play tempered steel with it. And the, the fact that proliferate is in is in black too. The destroyed target creature proliferate, or then which proliferate, is actually very so good. It's very good because that 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 screams infect deck with black. Well, infect was black, black and green. Oh yeah. But now they actually spread it to a different color. That's the interesting thing. Black never had. Uh, did, did black have proliferate in? I believe it was like in blue and. No, they had. Oh, no, nah, proliferate was just in blue just and in artifacts. Blue. Oh, that means proliferate moved to black. Well, that means it might become better than it was because it was kind of horrible up until now. Tezzeret's ability. <laughs> Tezzeret's new ability. Proliferate, then proliferate again. And then again. Why can't it do? And no one again. knows what that dude will do. Oh, uh, like yeah, we're dying for that one. Hopefully, this maybe next week at our podcast we'll be able to talk about him. Crossing my fingers that he'll come out. Oh, hey, there's there's actually the the intro packs for besieged, and there's a hydra. Yeah. Okay. There's a hydra. Like I can't. I well, I can't read it because it's just the pictures on like. Hold on. And there's a herald of something that's interesting. A mirror herald, perhaps. Okay. No, um, it's it's red. It's white red. Let's not. It looks like a let, let's let's not keep guessing what these are going to be. We'll find out <laughs> when they get spoiled. Um, next thing I we're do moving. Want, Go ahead. I do want to like like ask what colors do you guys think Tezzeret's going to be? Blue black. I mean, it's seriously, blue black. Really? No. no. It might be artifact. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, because. Like I'm, like I'm agreeing that he might be blue black, but everyone like he he might just be black. There was already a blue planeswalker in Mirrodin, so okay. No, but but Guys? blue Tesseract will always stick to blue because that's his like primary color. Maybe he'll he'll merge with another color, but he'll he'll stay blue. Guys, guys, I'm seeing chat. People are starting to talk about Naruto for some reason. So let's move on. To the next section here. Um, Stop talking about that. Anyway. Here's here's the next segment that we're going to put in is uh, what are we playing right now? Okay. Well, let's start that off with uh, Hector because I know Hector has a very big event coming up. What is it? Saturday in a couple days? Mm -hmm. What are you taking to – what is it? A PTQ? 
Yeah. What are you taking? I'm taking Tempered Steel. And what Tempered Steel is, is basically um, a lot of the low-cost artifacts in uh, the Esper Guild back in... Um, Shards. Alara. Shards, yeah. Al- yeah. Alara, but I was trying to figure out which is block your, you Is your PTQ extended? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was going to be standard. It, where where no, is it going to be again? PTQs are extended right now, Mike. Yeah. No, 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 but, okay, he never mentioned to me what it was, so. Yeah. Where's the, no, where's they're, it? they're just extended. Okay. There's, no, the there's no option. Okay. Where's it go- Hector, where's it going to happen? Uh, it's going to happen at Phoenix Games here in Orlando. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So, I... I, I I'm going to be going there taking Tempered Steel. I'm teching for probably going to see a lot of Jund and uh, fairies just because I, in the Orlando area, Jund was popular back in his day, and I'm assuming people kept some of those cards, and that was probably the fastest Axis deck that they can build. Fairies maybe not so much just because it was uh, Lorwind Lock, Lorwind Shadow. Something that might be be worth noting is the... The Outlander, that he's uh, he's an artifact creature. Uh, two, artifact artifact pro red, yeah, yeah, pro red. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people pack like uh, a volcanic fallout for your deck as well. Okay. So, uh, so volcanic fallout destroys tempered steel. Uh, it, it destroys my early if I don't have tempered steel out early enough. It it, it stomps, but if I have tempered steel out, volcanic fallout does nothing because tempered steel does. Plus two, plus two, two in the ass. So, do you do you feel that tempered steel is like your best deck to take with you to this tournament, or do you feel like there's probably something that you should be taking instead that you just don't have the access to? Yeah, you probably I, don't I, have the I access to. Take, it. I want I, I, I don't have the access to the cards primarily. Um, I primarily wanted to take Valakut actually, uh, uh, a Valakut build because I saw how fast that deck was. You could have told me that, Hector. The the Wargate. Yeah. <laughs> You yeah. could have told me that. War, Wargate, Wargate, Valakut, because it just it it just has potential to just stomp you turn four. Like I win, and uh, primarily playing against Jund. It, it. Yeah, we did a lot of testing that night. Jund versus the the Valakut, and it, it seemed like the Valakut had Jund almost every time around. Granted, we never built the sideboards yet, but until until John gets three lightnings and a thought season, and the <laughs> then, then it's a whole other game. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh well, <laughs> might as well go to the next game, man. Okay, all right, um, that sounds good. I why guess not we'll... have like enchantment hate in John? Pulse, pulse. No, but like instant, instant speed. Yo, yeah, well, you can have what is it, nature's claim. Nature's claim. That's what it is. Yeah. But um, okay. Or well, if you're worried about them playing multiple prismatics, you could. We're gonna be able to talk with Hector next week in the podcast about how he did the PTQ, and uh, hopefully he'll be writing us an article up on the PTQ. Um, now moving on to Lewis, what have you, we, you play MTGO a lot? What have you been playing on MTGO? Actually, I've uh, Neil, one of the writers for our site. He's he's gotten me a pretty much like I'm almost addicted to Mojo Sto, which is uh it's you can only really play it on, on MTGO because it involves uh avatars which there's Momir, uh Joyra which she was a card in uh Time Spiral and I think be- way before and Stone Giant and these avatars is Momir is very common, it's actually something that Wizards has done daily events on where you Pay X, discard a card, and you get a random creature of that cost. 
Okay. But you can only do it one. Like you can only do it once a turn. So you only got one creature a turn. The format's kind of annoying sometimes because you'll pay five mana get like a two two, and then your opponent will pay six mana get a titan, and you're way behind. Now with Joyra, she she has pay three discard a card, copy three random. Uh, like you can pick between three random sorceries, and cast whichever one you want, and. The same thing, but for instance, that you can use at instant speed and copy three random instants. We actually did, Neil uh, had a video, recorded a video of him, myself, and uh, another person playing this, the format. And I, at one point, copied Fiery Gambit and won all three flips so that I got to draw seven cards and untap all my land and use. And I was using abilities again. Who, who, who was the other guy playing with you? Was it... Uh... His friend from Australia who wrote the article for our site? Uh, no. Uh, the, his, on Twitter, he's that damn Aussie. I actually put his Twitter and his MTGO name in the article with the mm-hmm. video. Just so if anyone wants to play with him as well, you know, invite him to a game. He's he's a fun guy. Uh, the other thing I'm playing really is, is Scars of Merit and Block, playing Mono Blue Grand Architect. I actually discovered that Molten Tail Massacre is pretty strong. I've beaten Mono Red decks because of his regenerate ability, and be, I burned out Horde Smelter Dragons. Kind of sucks because sometimes it, it, you have to, like, since you have to do it twice, and that just taps you out. But I've killed Coughs with him. I've actually dealt 12 damage with just uh, Molten Tail's ability so I can kill somebody. And it's a really strong card. I, I just don't think it has room in, in standard yet. Cool. And, uh, but as far I'm um, building fairies online, uh, okay. I'm missing one Muda Vault before I can actually play the, the full deck. And right now, uh, I lent Smini from the A-team. I lent him the three Muda Vaults I did have, so he's going to give him... I'm wishing him good luck on the PTQ on Saturday. Cool. Um, all right, let's move on to Brian. What have you been playing recently? As usual, draft. <laughs> Nothing okay. but draft. Last Friday was your last draft. What What did you do? Well, I played with a bunch of um, new gen people for the store, and, uh, and we played scars. Basically, I, I played it enough to know that I'm getting cut, and I by cut, I by definition of cut, I mean like I know when people are taking <clears throat> certain stuff uh, with uh, technically by the same color. And uh, it just makes you wonder, but it doesn't—it doesn't make me change my colors. It's just I—I I have this thing where I commit, and then I just try my best with the colors I have. And I, I guess I won. I won first place, but it's nothing like—it's nothing really good, really, because it was just a bunch of um, starters and uh, noobs. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's nothing that bad. Okay. Yeah, gonna be games. Um, let's see. We're going to me. What have I been playing lately? Well, I, I've been. Honestly, thinking and playing around most with extended. Yes, I'm one of those bastards who built Jund. Um, but yeah, I, I like the Jund deck. I don't think it stands up very well on an every game basis against the Valaka deck. Um, I think it totally pawns a lot of the other decks. But that and uh, he was playing against me. Well, so. you know. <laughs> Just yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll admit now, I am not the best Magic player. I lose focus a lot, and that's something I'm working on. 
So most of the time, if somebody has even a worse deck than me and they start playing me, they can beat me because I'm just not paying attention. I no, but that's not, that's not even it, Mike. It was the, it was the better draw part. Because you really can't negate my spells. If you can't negate or destroy my spells, you know, I'm good. It's not like I'm going to play Prismatic Omen so you could pulse it. Well, of course not. So I'm going to wait till like, I guess, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to cryptic you. Then again, Mike, on one game, drew three Blightnings. And before that, a Thought Seize. <laughs> no, no, no. Three so Blightnings in my opening hand, so, you know. <laughs> and drew a Thought Seize. I wasn't going to do anything about that. I was just going to hope. All right. <laughs> Pray. Uh, so then no, no. pretty much, like, it... Like, at that point, shouldn't you try testing sideboard games? Because, obviously, Wargate's going to win pre-board unless Jun makes a huge change. But if if after sideboard, Jun is more prepared with more sideboard hate, wouldn't, don't you think Jun might have a better chance? Yes, that's Well, true. after sideboarding, yeah, things change a lot. But we haven't, we've been mainly just testing the decks, and probably this week we're going to get into building a sideboard and, you know, working with that. I have my sideboard. It's I mean, just... I mean, you you have to test before side sideboard because it's your initial game. You want you want to see what you have to sideboard against. Right, but that, that we're kind of taking our time because the first event that we actually are probably going to be playing these decks in, sadly, because we're down here, uh, TCG players coming to Miami for a 5K, and that's not till the end of February. So we have time to work on these decks. A and, lot of um, time. Just just remember, you, you chances are you play more sideboard games than not. Like two out of three yeah. games. For sure. That, that's why, That's why. you know, initially we've only been working these decks for about a week, week and a half now. Um, now we're going to go into, you know, putting the sideboard together, playing the games with the sideboard in, you know, making sure we got the best cards for the job in there. Um, now we're going to move on, though, because we are kind of hitting a little over an hour, guys. So um, I, I do want to say the reason I'm doing this podcast and put this together is because I listen to a lot of podcasts. You heard Lewis a second ago mention Smitty from the A-Team. I love those guys. Um, A-Team plug. Hey, you guys are awesome. Um, also, we listen to, I listen to Limited Resources, Monday Night Magic. Love all you guys. Inspired me to do this podcast. Now, one thing I really like from one of the podcasts I listen to is Limited Resources. They do a crack-a-pack. Um, that's where they pretty much open a real-life pack, say what they got on the you know podcast, and pretty much decide what their first, second picks would be from the packs. Um, we're going to do that now. Hopefully they don't have this copyrighted or anything because we're just doing it for fun and homage to them because they're cool people. So um, I have a pack of Scars of Mirrodin right here. I'm going to go ahead and open this up. Okay. First card on top, common. Saber Call Gollum. Anyone? Anyone? Not a pick for me. Yeah. yeah that was yeah, really they, annoying, whoever just did that. I'm going to kill I'm, you. I'm, 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 I'm editing podcasts now because of you. <laughs> whoever that is. <laughs> okay. I, I was ty- I'm typing the, the cards that Mike Mike's talking about just to make sure what I'm picking. <laughs> and that happened like. Cyberclaw Golem. Okay, that's pretty much not a pick. Cyberclaw Golem. Um, Tell Jihad Fallen. Everybody know that? That's the Elf Warrior, in fact. In fact the, uh, pro artifact. artifact. Ooh, one of my favorites, even though it's definitely not first pick material. But Ickerclaw Mirror. That's uh, the 1-1, one, one, in fact. Gets beefier if somebody decides to block it. Um, Corpse Cur. It's 
Grave, grave Digger for uh, Infect. That sounds like a good pack for Infect. Go on. Yeah. Um, arrest. Oh, that that's a maybe. Oh, control. That's a maybe. Copperhorn Scout. Put that over there on the don't think so side. <laughs> um, Neil Spellbomb. Not really a first pick. You mean Niall Spellbomb, the black one, right? Niall, yeah. excuse me. I could oh, Neil Niall, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the black one. Put that over there. Kadatha Rebirth. Ooh, that's a, that's a pretty good one too. Um, Glimmer Post. I mean, maybe well, that's a really good one to not pick. You don't pick because more than likely, what does this do? This tables, and if you end up wanting it eventually, you can pick up maybe every single one because everybody tables, and then you get all four and become something. But not right now. Wow, talking about an infect pack, um, Vector Asp. You know, oh wow, yeah, I guess that's over here on the side. Volition Reigns, uh, it could be a maybe. Oh no, Volition Reigns legit. Yeah, that could be a that, definite maybe. But that means dedication to blue, though. Uh, a lot of dedication to blue. Um, Trigon of Corruption, that's the the black Trigon. Oh, that's a good Trigon. That's the one that costs four, right? That's the one that costs uh, four. Yes. And puts a negative one, negative one counter, I believe. Yep. Yeah. I'm putting it here in the maybe pile. Darkstone Mirror, we'll just lay that over there on the side. And um, the rare for the pack, Chimeric Mass. Mm. Chromatic Mass, ooh. <laughs> Without a doubt, that's what, I'll, that's what I'll be picking. Yeah, Chromatic Mass is... Chimeric <laughs> Mass is kind of that bomb, yeah. Especially but, the uh, if I If I was to pick second from this pack, I would pick from the... The infects for sure. Yeah, that, because I, if if you passed up Chimeric Mass, then I, I guess I'll pick it. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I, I'm not expecting that card to like go my way. Yeah, exactly. Um, Actually, like other than than Mass, I would probably go with Arrest. It's the only removal in the set that handles everything. Um, Arrest is it definitely stops word smelter. Arrest is definitely a good card in the pack. I'm not gonna lie. Um. It's probably my first or second pick. Chimeric Mass is my first pick. If it's in, yeah. like, if this is my first pack that I open, Chimeric Mass. If this is yeah. passed to me and Chimeric Mass is gone, arrest. Yeah, but but uh, arrest arrest means Chromatic Mass is artifact. Like the only real dedication color you have to it is is Metalcraft. If you even go that in and of itself, it, it's it's ridiculous. Like late game Chromatic Mass, you know, tap eight and here's an eight eight every turn. Uh, you're kind yeah. of screwed. They like, can't be arrested. It's it's scars because okay. like it's really hard. You can't just like take the like the rares are the chances are going to be like the the first pick period. Horde Smelter Dragon, Carnifex Demons, Steel Hellkite. It the the rares are really powerful in scars as opposed to everything else. Very true. Gets, gets to be one of the few rares that beats uh, arrest. Mm-hmm. Unless okay. on the well, no, because even turns back to an artifact, you're screwed. All right, we're going to go ahead and uh, do one more pack because I have one more pack and um, we got some time to kill. So, so okay, my wife is yelling that she wants to actually open the pack, so she's going to come over here and open it for me. But, uh, ow, she's hit me in the head with it. That's her good luck thing. And opening, opening. Yeah, come on, open, rip, rip it open, come on. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. I can't actually yawn, so I had to just say it. Okay. Here we go. Comments. First one, solid. Okay. I never pronounced this one right, so solid. Solid. Okay. Okay. 
Grasp of Darkness. That's a first pick. That's, 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 that's a, a pretty really first pick, pick right there. Right there yeah. um, okay, next one. Bonds of Quicksilver. That's okay. Mm. Shatter. Do we need to say anything? It's Shatter. Oh, Shatter's, Shatter's good. good. That's, that's, that's pretty much <laughs> removal. Shatter or... Beast Mass. <laughs> I know. I'd rather Hair. get. Uh, I'd rather get the oxidus scrap melter because it's two and one. Yeah. Well, duh. You want us always first, but. Okay. Next card. Uh, White sun's passage. Yeah. Two mana, five life. Oh yeah, that's five life. That's like an extra twenty-five percent of your starting life. Ooh. How can people beat you? Okay. Here, here's one of Brian's favorite cards. Tumble magnet. Oh, damn. So, guys, that's just to a, let you know why he card. said that, just to let you know why he said that, I played MTGO one day, and I drafted on an eight-pack, right? An eight-man team, I'm sorry. An I got two Tumble Magnets in my deck. The first guy I play has four. <laughs> <laughs> four Tumble Magnets, two Grasp of Darkness, and two Art Trails. Whatever feature he has, they Wow, have. who was passing him that? Like, as soon as I saw Tumble Magnets, I took them. Like, that's mine. Okay, well... There we go. It's two possible picks. I'm still thinking Grasp of Darkness is probably the better one. Yeah, this is a removal pack. No. Right? Screeching Silk Law. Flying Metalcraft 1-2. Discard. Yeah. Eh. Flyer yeah. in blue. Oxidia Daredevil. Oh, uh-huh. you got my hopes up. Yeah. I thought it was a good Oxidia. <laughs> okay, here's another name I can't pronounce for anything. Physic Misma. Misma. Psychic, psychic miasma? Psychic miasma. Oh. Yeah, that, that, that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're worse than me. That's terrible. Yeah, that, if Hector said that, you know you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next. Trigon of Corruption again. Damn. That's a good card. That's, yeah. that's pretty good. common. I, I never see like a lot of those in draft. Okay, I'm coming into... That, that was an uncommon. Here's our next uncommon is a Furnace Celebration. Eh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, next uncommon... Even though it's definitely not a first pick, I love this card. Memnite. Oh, yeah. You you definitely picked out on MTGO. That's a money card. Yeah. In, in Metalcraft, that's perfect. Even Wait, if- it looks like we got a foil in this pack. I'll go ahead and put the foil out there before I say the rare. Um, assault Strobe. That's oh, a- yeah. That's first pick. On, you do it on Moldier Beast with Tainted Strike, you win. That's true. That's yeah, that's poison. true. That's twelve uh, poison and and Trimble. our rare and our rare super exciting rare. I love this card. It made Brian build a really bad deck. Argentum armor. Uh, okay, now he's talking shit. Okay, Wait, that's an <laughs> awesome deck. It is. It's good. It's good. It's good. I'm actually like in paper magic. I'm pl- like I have the. It, like, it was good for five magic. minutes on MTGO to make me some ticks. That's what it was good for. I I, I made uh I beat uh Elfbind deck with that. I hit turn two Argentum and he just said, "Yeah, you got it." So what are we no, saying it, it, for this pack? Are we saying Grass with Darkness, Tumble Magnet? Um, well, Grass of Darkness. Would, well, it, it, it depends. If, if this is the first pack out of all of them, I I, I would probably pick Grass. Okay, I would pick Shatter first pack, first pick. Let's say this pack was because two packs down from you. Or Tumble Magnet. Two packs, you want two to come packs down. Let's say it was two it's, packs down from you. On. It's if missing it was, Grasp. Hold on, if it was two, pack, two packs down, it would be missing Grasp and Tumble. And probably our Gentle Armor. Just, Someone might pick Armor. So I'd it's probably very go to Memnite, Assault Strobe, and uh, Silco. Silco's a flyer. I mean, yeah, he he's still a flyer. No, really... 
Flyers are still like good the enough. top four. I'm pretty sure the top four picks would be though armor just because somebody will go like, "Ooh, it's a rare," and not realize how like that it's really slow. Um, grass, shatter, and tubble magnet because those are essentially removal. The closest thing to removal. The thing with tumble magnet is you want it if you're gonna eventually go to like the dinosaurs deck, you know, just play big fatties. You're not gonna be able to play it because it's it's a stall for a little bit. If you're playing the blue the blue decks, stalling is no good. And an aggro deck, tumble magnet's awesome. Grass is double black, so you're really committing yourself to black. And if like somebody else is picking the like, unless you're gonna go infect, you know, you're putting yourself in a spot where it's you can't really make a lot of choices after that unless you want to give up your pick. Shatter is just good. You can like put it in any deck. I would, um, that's like, I would pick Lewis, Shatter you, first. You were saying that you got three more minutes or something like that? Yeah, so like that, that, that's like, my opinion on the crack yeah, of We're, uh, we're going to get ready to wrap this up now. Um, I want to I let everybody know how they can get a hold of us. Um, right off... Um, Chester MH on Twitter. That's J E S T E R M H on Twitter. Um, my email address is Chester MH at topdeckhero.com. Um, that's pretty much the ways to get a hold of me. Uh, Hector, how can they get a hold of you? What's my Twitter name? 72501, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know my Twitter <laughs> it's name. Great that you don't even know yourself. <laughs> like, you have like major Alzheimer's. <laughs> What's okay. my name again? So, so how, do you, how do you spell seven? Seven, S E V I M, two five zero one. Two five zero one. He, he okay. probably meant something by seven, but he just spelled it like that. Uh, do you have an email address that they can email you at if they want to? Not really. No, not, not really. One that I check often, so. They okay, can. you fell, so you just got your Twitter name. That's it, yeah. Lewis. Uh, how about you? Okay, I pretty much use the same thing for MTGO and uh, Twitter. Are an alchemist. A-U-R-A-N-A-L-C-H-E-M-I-S-T. And you can reach me, like, just about on any format, like, uh, uh, Skype, uh, Twitter, MTGO, most forums. That'll that'll just be my name. Okay. Um, Brian, can they get a hold of you at all? They can get a hold of me in, uh, uh, well, I don't have a Twitter, but I have a Facebook, just... Type in. Let me see. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Okay. <laughs> and you're talking shit about me forgetting? I don't pay attention. I don't pay attention to this. What, what are, are you guys Amish that you guys don't even remember? Like your <laughs> no, uh, no, but, but like, I use I use Facebook as my so um one of my sole uh, social communications. So just type Brian Pasqua uh, B R I A N P A S C U A, and you just you can just get a hold of me from there. I don't really use my email a lot, so yeah, that would be like the best way to get rid, to get uh, a hold of me, get rid. Did I say get rid? Yeah, get rid of you. <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry. By by next week, I'm gonna have email addresses at Top Deck Hero for all of you anyway. Yeah, no problem. Um, okay, so that's pretty much wrapping up this week's episode of Top Deck Hero Radio. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, with more spoilers and uh, Hector telling us about how he did at his PTQ in Orlando. Hey, any other closing comments, guys? Shout-outs to anybody? Anything like that? Homies in the east side. Hey. Uh, oh, then, good luck on the PT, at the PTQ, Smitty. What up? Tokens. Tokens. <laughs> Green-white tokens for the I win. I, I can't wait to draft that germ token. Or uh, 
draft uh, living uh, living armor, living weapon. Living weapon. Actually, living weapon. <laughs> like, <laughs> you want terms. So wait, wait, I, 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 I have a oh, shout-out. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait, wait. Is, is Hector essentially giving a shout-out to a germ token? <laughs> I, I have yes. a shout-out. I have a shout-out to my friend Hector, who hopefully doesn't skiz out in the in the next PTQ he's going to, and hopefully he just pays attention. Shout-out to that guy. Yep, shout-out to him. Wow. Yeah. All right, I, I want to give a shout-out to Newbie Games, uh, thanking them very much for helping us get this going. Uh, check out their website yet again, please. They're, they're you awesome. can't shout out the sponsor. That's, yes, that's I, can. I can. I <laughs> can shout out to the sponsor. He's a friend of mine. He's been really good to us. I can shout out to him all I want. He's been really um, good to you. Shout out, sleep at night. shout out to my wife who's sitting over here on the side going crazy because we've been talking about magic for an hour and 17 minutes. Wife. Um, yeah, my wife. fiance has been pretty good about it. Yes. Uh, like she has, except she's for the phone call and random doors slamming. Hey, and um, on top of that, they have a house phone. That's weird. I don't know. Like they, like they actually have a house line for some reason for people okay. to reach them and things. My turn. Brian, my turn. Brian, my turn. Brian's turn. Brian's turn. Shout out to my uh, <laughs> to my wife Priscilla, who also wants to be a part of this podcast. Sooner or later, she's gonna start talking about magic and stuff. Right now, she's busy. When she gets the time, she'll uh, she would love to talk. To have been a podcast with Hector and Lewis, her her two favorite friends. Oh, oh that's so nice. <laughs> Hallmark moment. Yeah, right. <laughs> we can make Hallmark called. Okay, so um, that's that's it, huh, guys? Yeah, that's it. Um, Thanks for listening to us. Come back Jesus. next week. Leave comments if uh, you liked us. Leave comments if you don't like us. We don't care which. <laughs> let us know what you thought. If you leave good comments, we love you. If you don't, oh well. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh, we're, hopefully, by the time you know next week comes around, I'll have this on actual iTunes and on the MTG Cast Network. Hopefully, hopefully. Anyway, all right. Bye, everybody. Good night. Did you just kissed them. No, I went. Like oh, that. okay. I thought you just kissed like the mic. He, uh, he kind of okay. admits to kissing definitely, everyone definitely good night. That out. I'm definitely editing that out, by the way. <laughs> well, this is what we got to use as uh, He feels conscious. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. This, this is what you use as the intro, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah All right. Exactly. Hey, 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 